Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I want to thank everyone for joining me. I pray you are well. Um, I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are safe with your family and you're growing in the word and you're reading your word. Um, guys, as you know, we come together here at Love Walk to um, learn from the word of God so that we can apply it in our lives and so that we can learn the purpose of our lives so that we can fulfill it in the earth. And so um, today we're going to do something a little bit fun. And the reason I think it's fun is because we're going to look at some very complex ideas, but we're going to look at it in a fun way. Um, and I'm going to kind of um, sort of match it with the idea of dating. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted to make it really relevant so that you could understand it on a really basic level. Um, and sometimes, you know, you need to do that. You know, I think God did that with marriage and the church, and that's why I'm using this. So I want us to look now at Ruth, and we're going to just read three chapters. If you've ever read the book of Ruth, then you know what it's about. Um, but let's go ahead and read it. It's going to give us an example of what's going on. So we're going to start at Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the name of his two sons Mahlon and Chilion, Epaphrites of Bethlehem Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And so, um, you know, if you know the story, you know that eventually her two sons die, and, you know, her daughter-in-laws are left, and then one leaves, and then there's one that sort of clings to her and says, I want to stay with you, I want to serve your God, I want to be with you and your people. And I think this is really an uh, important verse to look at, an important section of scripture to look at, because we begin to start asking questions about why is the story of Ruth in the Bible? And that is really what I want you to ask yourself right now, is why is the story of Ruth in the Bible? Why isn't the story of Boaz in the Bible, or the story of Jesse in the Bible, or Obed? These are people who are in the lineage of Christ. These are people who are in the lineage of David. Why isn't their story there? Why wasn't that important? And I think, you know, we could say many things, but I think the reason that Ruth is in the Bible, her story is in the Bible, is because she represents us. I want to broach the idea that Ruth is us. Ruth is us, Christians and how we got to become Christians or how we got to become believers. You see, when you look at the story of Ruth, you realize something very powerful, that God just isn't working with you. He isn't just working in your life. He isn't just working in one person's life. You know, that's why there are certain things we don't understand why they happen. We don't know what God's doing on a global scale. See, God, he's accomplishing his will, not just through you. He's doing it through families. He's doing it do through generations. He's doing it through ages and patterns in heaven. And that's really, really powerful to understand because 
if we can grasp that, we will be better equipped when certain things happen in our lives that we don't understand or we think are unfair or unkind or too hard. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 and I want to prove that to you. You guys know I like to prove everything in scripture so that you can go back and see for yourself. So it says in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, who serves to the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, said he, that you make all things according to the pattern showed to you in the mount. So you see that what is happening when God is telling Moses how to build the tabernacle, he's telling him how to create a pattern of something that's actually in heaven that we really don't know, we really haven't seen, we don't really know because you know, we're humans, we're here. All the existence that we understand and know is right here. And so we don't know what that could be in heaven. We will get a chance, I believe, to see that. But right now we don't know it. All we have is what is known as the shadow of it. And that's really what happened. So you see, uh, it says that if we read down even just to Hebrews chapter 8 and 6, let's read that one. It says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises so we understand that Moses is creating something that actually exists in heaven and he's creating a shadow of that here on earth or a replica I think that's a good word for it, a replica he's creating a replica here on earth and the same thing is going on in the spiritual realm with us there's a replica going on and so there was one covenant okay and now they're saying Christ is a mediator for a better covenant and I think that is what we see in the book of Ruth when we look at Ruth we're seeing two covenants here we're seeing Ruth and her first husband that is the first covenant and then we're seeing Ruth and Boaz, that is the second covenant. So I think this is something we need to understand that God is doing something amazing. And look how he used Ruth to enact what he was doing throughout time. She could have never imagined that growing up in her village, far away from anything that had to do with the Hebrews. She had no way of knowing that, but now here she is living out the story of us believers, Christians and she doesn't even know it. That's why it's so important to understand that your story matters, no matter how insignificant or unusual it is or how much you don't understand it. So if you look in Matthew chapter six, verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So if you think about that, God is doing something in heaven and now he's doing it on earth and the bible says we're supposed to pray that prayer as in heaven now so on earth so the book is about ruth it's not about boaz it's not about jo uh, jesse ruth is us an outsider that has been grafted in and shone imagine unimaginable kindness and that's really what Ruth is. There's no reason why Ruth has been shown such great kindness by Boaz and such great kindness by Naomi. Let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 11, verse 23. It says, And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in 
for God is able to graft them in again. We'll go down to 24. It says, for if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So here he's talking about Hebrews versus Gentiles, but he's still talking about being grafted in to this superior olive tree and that's really what we're being what's being uh, done whether the person was a hebrew or a gentile they're being engrafted in into christ and that's literally what happened with uh ruth if you think about it this is a woman who has absolutely no connection to naomi she's no longer married to naomi's um son and all of the men in the family are gone. It's basically just Naomi. And so she's coming back with Ruth. But I wanna show you something. And this is where we sometimes don't understand loss, we don't understand struggle, we don't understand sometimes being a stranger in a strange place, or being uncomfortable, or being out of our league, or being just wherever you may be, if it's in your workspace, if it's in you know your marriage, if it's in your finances, if whatever it may be, a lot of times we feel like we're out of our league, but sometimes that's because you're supposed to be. And if you think about it, Ruth is being brought into a whole nation that she doesn't know, that she's not a part of. And the only way that she was able to take advantage of things like the kinsman redeemer and all of the rules that they had in place was that she was at first married to Naomi's son. And that Naomi was the, was the wife of a man who was kin to Boaz. So we're looking at something really huge here that Naomi and her family, they went out thinking they were going out to escape famine, when in reality, they were going out to get Ruth. And in reality, the only person that was going to come back was going to be Naomi. This is really powerful to understand that a family went out and a woman came back alone with a friend, with one person who was not of her kindred. So we're looking at some things that is showing us how we're coming into Christ. Let's look at John chapter 15, verse five. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that stays in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, Ruth is about the new and old covenant. It is about a branch being grafted in. And we understand that you know, the Bible talks about there being those two testaments. He talks about where the testator is still alive, that, you know, that covenant is still there. When her husband was still alive, she was still his wife. So she couldn't marry Boaz. So her husband had to die. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16 and 17 to get some clarity on that. It says, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all where the testator lives. So here they're talking about a will and testament that is left behind. And the only way that the will and testament of how the law works so that she could go on to her kinsman redeemer is that that person that she made a covenant with died, who was kin to Boaz. 
You see, so her husband is the son of a man who is kin to Boaz. And the only way that she could take advantage of all of those rules of the, the testament is that her husband passed away and that happened. So sometimes we don't understand some things that happen like certain deaths or unfortunate things that we didn't see coming. But don't be dismayed. There's, there's reasons behind that. There is an opportunity behind that. God can turn anything into a blessing. Remember, her first husband was a kind of Adam. Her second husband is a kind of Christ. So Boaz is the Christ. He's a good man who allowed access to his field. And when we drew near to him, he made us, he made us his bride. And this is something that we really need to look at as believers, you know, of how he gave us that access and how good he was to us. Let's look at James chapter four, verse eight. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify you hearts, you double-minded. I gotta say, Ruth is an example of the best dating advice you'll get for both men and women. Let's look at what Ruth did first. She chose someone who was known in the community and of good reputation. She chose to work in the field of Boaz. He was kins, people knew him. Two, two she followed the same God as Boaz. This is very important. She, she chose someone who was generous and treated her well. Generous and treated well. Someone who protected her from the other young men. Someone who protected her reputation. If you can remember in the story when she went down to the threshing floor and she laid down next to Boaz, he said, make sure no one knows that you came in. And then she made sure that she found someone who was also looking out for her family. He always gave her more than she needed so that she could take something home to Naomi. And then finally, she married in the correct way, according to the rules necessary. And there was even a kinsman redeemer that was closer than Boaz, but Boaz made sure to do all that was necessary and right to secure everything. And then finally, he was very public about his intentions to the community. This is stuff that could save you heartache and tears if you're able to read the Bible and see it for what it is. It's a roadmap to our lives and we can apply it in every way. I'm just applying it here in dating because it's kind of fun and because it kind of harkens back to that idea of the bride in Christ. But it really does matter. Let's look at what Boaz did and men can do. He asked around about the young lady. He asked several people, several other men, what do you know about her? What do you know about her? He learned her history. This is really important. He learned what manner of woman she was, where she came from. He knew all of that. He did not attempt anything to protect both of their reputations. For he was generous to her and he saw how that she was generous with gratitude. A grateful woman is not a complaining or a nagging woman. A lot of men overlook that, but a grateful woman matters a whole lot. Also, he let the woman show that she had interest as well. Sometimes people just don't care. They just go after what it is they want. And that is the surefire ticket to disaster. And then six, he acted quickly to ensure that everything was done correctly. 
He protected his own reputation. He also looked after his own business, what he was doing. You know, he owned a field. He was very um, financially wealthy. And then, of course, he did not make women the focal point of his life. Women have a place. I'm a woman myself, and I think a woman is important in a man's life and all of that. But I don't think, and the same thing goes for women, you shouldn't make that person the focal point of your life. You shouldn't make the opposite sex the focal point of your life. They have a place. But some men and women become obsessed negatively or even overabundantly. Maybe they're too positive in the sense that they are just bringing any old kind of person into their life. Or maybe they're angry at the opposite sex and all they do is talk negatively about them, you know, and they feel have negative feelings about the opposite sex. Or maybe they spend too much time with the opposite sex doing questionable things. <laughs> but either way, it's, you have to have balance and that's what Boaz had. And then 10, he considered how she treated her mother or her parents. This is really important, how a person treats their parents. People often say it's important how a man treats his mother, but you really need to understand too how a woman treats her parents too. So we have all of this great dating advice that's really bringing us back to this idea of merging ourselves with Christ. And we can read more about how God sees the, the uh, balance between men and women with Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 to 33 when he talks about marriage and Christ and the similarities. And this is why Ruth is so important. Her first husband was the Old Testament and her second husband was the New Testament. And now Christ is our kinsman redeemer. There's so much information here. There's so much for us to understand and to grow into. The Bible is a great handbook, not just for learning how to reach out to Christ, but also learning how to reach out to other people, even in this idea of dating, as it were, or as I would like to think of it as vetting, you know, who your perspective might be. And maybe you've made some mistakes. We all have. Maybe you're in a marriage that you feel like you can't stand. You can still use God's word to navigate that just in the same way that God is having our, his word to show us how to live and connect with him. Ruth's life, Naomi's loss, was not without reason. It amounted to something. It was teaching us as believers how to connect with Christ and how we would connect with Christ. It was teaching believers how they could connect with um, other people in <laughs> relationships. The Bible has so much for us to learn. I pray that you take the time to read these verses, and I hope this blesses you. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you'll consider supporting the broadcast. It's patreon.com forward slash lwinston, or you can actually support it PayPal monthly. It's paypal.me forward slash Leela Winston. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye.